Hello, and welcome to another episode of Express Yourself, a library podcast. My name is Molly Chenault. And I'm Tiffany Fay. And today we're actually going to be talking to Tiffany about her job. Tiffany, could you tell us what your job title is here at the Emporia Public Library? Sure. My job title is the Young Adult Services Librarian. And how long have you been doing that for? I have been here for, I think, four years. And what kinds of things do you do in your job? Now, I've been told, and I know because I'm also a librarian, that there is not really a typical day. But what are your general duties? Uh, So currently, I maintain two collections, the young adult materials and the graphic novels. I also program for grades third through seventh. I do outreach to three elementary schools and our local middle school. I also work our reference desk, just kind of jack of all trades, I guess. Filling in where you may be needed. Mm -hmm. That sounds familiar for those of us in in a smaller library. So what is one program that you've done or an outreach event that you've gone to that has been really enjoyable and you felt like the community has gotten a lot out of? Outreach, I can I can answer that. I know exactly. Our city hosted um, last October our very first Day of the Dead block party slash festival. Uh, one of our local organizations, Hispanics of Today and Tomorrow, they organized it, and it was great. Just the content that they put into it, I thought was really enriching for the community at a wider, like the wider community. I was there as well, and not only were we blessed with beautiful weather, yeah. uh, there were a lot of people. And for those of you who may not be as familiar with Emporia, we have a lot of block parties downtown. We do. Uh, And we're lucky to have a really great Main Street, Commercial Street it's actually called, that has a lot of space available. There's plenty of local businesses downtown that that come out in support of these block parties. And people basically just set up their booths and their activities and their food trucks I love the food trucks. They're they're amazing. They're so good. And everybody just comes out, and sometimes they're themed. So we have the Dia de los Muertos now. We have a Cinco de Mayo block party. There's a Welcome Back block party for the Emporia State University students in August. There's the block party for the Glassblown Open, which is a celebration at the end of a disc golf tournament. Uh, Disc golf is big in Emporia. I think there's also a block party before the DK. There is. The Dirty Kanza is a, a gravel bike race in Emporia, and there's different lengths. It goes from 25 miles up to they added a 200-mile race last year, and that was insane, but it was so cool to watch. Uh, well, watch the beginning of it at least, yeah. because <laughs> I can't keep up with a bike for 200 miles. So we have a lot of celebrations like that, and that provides us a really good opportunity to get out and get to know people um, and see people in the community who either we see in the library or we don't see in the library. It's just a good way to be visible. Well, and I I think when I started here at EPL, I really disliked the outreach and the block parties because it is, I mean, you do have to plan for every eventuality. For sure. It's a, it's like, a little bit of work. <clears throat> and I thought, you know, oh my gosh, how... I'm, I'm a planner. That's what I love to do. And so planning for every eventuality, it really took a toll on me. But 
now that I've started to, you know, outreach is just our chance to really get out in the community. We get out away from our building and we kind of, I don't know, it's a way for us to keep in touch with people who maybe don't come into the library. So my feelings on that portion of the outreach have changed significantly because I don't dread them. And now I'm kind of, there are several throughout the year that I actually look forward to. Yeah, it can definitely be a stretch because there are so many different parties and uh, businesses and people and groups involved. Sometimes it can be a little bit unpredictable. Uh, Sometimes you find yourself shuffling spaces around last minute or it's super windy and you can't keep your canopy it on the ground. It halfway down commercial. How do we know? It happened. it happened. last year. We did end up having to take our canopy down during the welcome back block party because even with the weights, it would not stay down. Yep. That was a little bit terrifying. But So you just have to roll kind with of it. roll with it, work around those things. But it's a lot of fun too. Tiffany, can you tell me a little bit about your educational background? I can. I can tell you a lot, actually, because I have two history degrees. Wow. And I feel like that's what I came away with <laughs> from college was just a lot of information. Now, did you go to Emporia State University? I did. Stingers up. Is there a particular concentration in your history degrees? So the first one was European history because that's just... I like the castles. I like, you know. We all like the castles. Right. They're great. love a good castle. And then my second one, I focused more on Irish history, which you can expect. There was a huge, you know, line out my door in Kansas for that. (laughs) Well, I do know that there's a lot of people with Welsh heritage in Kansas. Especially in Emporia. Yeah. I'm not sure about the concentration of Irish, Irish descendants. Yeah. But that's, that's what I love. So that's what, you know, I thought I'd study. Maybe not the most practical, but it it has served me pretty well in the library field, which I didn't expect it to. I do not have my master's of library science. And so part of being in this job is the most basic aspect of customer service. People come up with a question and you have to help them find an answer. Right. And my history degree, that's all it was, was having a question and learning how to research, learning how to formulate your research into whether it was a presentation or a paper. So I feel like that, I mean, that has helped me tremendously. We have actually had one particular happy occurrence. Had a a patron who actually had moved to Illinois and he called us because he was doing uh, genealogical research and he needed help and he, he was just hitting the brick wall. He had called all over and he couldn't find any answers. And from hundreds of miles away, I was able to help him. And I actually told him, you know, I thank you for letting me put both of my history degrees to use today. So it does come in handy. I was wondering about that. We have a a lot of people here in town who are interested in genealogy. And sometimes if you're not as familiar with those resources, it can be a chore to look through them um, or confusing. So I was wondering if your history degree had helped you just kind of look and understand primary resources like newspapers and census records and things like that. Mm -hmm. It has. Also just, you know, 
anything where you do, if you are an English major or a history major, anything where you're writing a lot of papers, it, it has also helped because I can pretty much troubleshoot any document on Word. <laughs> because, yeah, this had, oh, did you lose your document? There's usually a way you can retrieve it, and most people don't know about those little tips and tricks. Just the little technological things we pick yeah. up out of necessity. So, Tiffany, have you ever worked in a library before coming to work at EPL? I did. So, and it was kind of a, uh, at the time, it was a chaotic event. It was like a life-changing event that brought me into libraries. I was in graduate school. I was going to get my master's in, you guessed it, more history. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I was preparing my thesis committee, and one of the professors decided to retire at the end of that semester. The other went on sabbatical, and I don't remember actually now what happened to the third one. So I was left with no thesis committee. That's unfortunate. And they all had something to do with European history. The rest of them were primarily focused with American history, like antebellum south, and I had absolutely no interest in that. I did not want to, sorry, history aficionados, no. Well, you have your, you have your little section that you're interested <laughs> I in. I did. So I thought, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I was a graduate teaching assistant, and so I had free tuition. And I thought, I'm going to waste this last year and have nothing to show for it. And then to finish my degree, I'll have to pay basically two more years of tuition. So I kind of reevaluated where I was at and decided, you know, I think I'm going to take a break. If I want to come back and finish... I still have that year of my teaching assistantship that I can use. And so I was looking for a job and somebody had pointed out to me that the local high school was actually hiring for a library clerk. So I applied thinking, hey, paycheck is a paycheck. And I actually decided at the end of that year not to go back to school. Uh, The relationships that I built with the kids were great. I almost bailed one out of jail once. Like, it was it was great. It was such an informal setting for the kids. They felt like they were safe. And I say that word with air quotes because, you know, it's 2019. I can vouch for that. She has her fingers yes. quoting in the air. Quoting away. But I, I loved that. It was like I, I could still participate in the education of the kids, but I wasn't having to go through. Maybe quite you know, as many loopholes. Yeah. There's a little bit more leeway, but yeah, that's my library experience. Wonderful. So what are some of the things that you like about working in a library? Specifically, maybe what are some of the things you like in the the high school library versus now where you work in a public library? That's a good question. I'm going to think out loud. It's fine. Okay. So at the high school, it was more... The relationship that we had with the teachers was more curriculum support. Like, my students are researching King Arthur. Can you pull all the materials that you have about King Arthur? Yes, I can. I can also give you a 45-minute speech on everything that I learned (laughs) about King Arthur. Lamour de Arthur. Yes. Oh, I love that book. I despised it. Sorry. (laughs) We'll we'll agree to disagree. (laughs) Opinions. But with the kids, it was much more... uh, Like, I became a resource for them that they didn't have inside the school so if they were in their English class let's say and they needed a biography to do a book report on uh, at the end of my time at the high school it became like I I filled such a niche that 
the teachers would say, oh, go see Tiffany. She'll get you hooked up with something. I knew that collection in and out without even looking at the shelves. I could tell you if something was in or if it checked out, if it was being mended. So it became for me like a way to connect the kids to literature because, yeah, maybe their teacher doesn't know what was just published within the last two years. So I really, I prided myself on reading like one book off of every individual shelf so that I always had recommendations for every kid. But here at EPL, it's, I think my favorite thing is probably programming, which in the beginning really, really intimidated me because the public is fickle. The public is fickle. I do adult programming and I wholeheartedly agree. And so it, it always feels like an experiment. So it, it really, yeah, it intimidated me because I thought, oh my gosh, what if nobody shows up? And sometimes they don't. Yeah. And that's just a reality of it. Sometimes you plan things and nobody shows up, especially in a small town where there's a lot going on. There's always something that's... For the size of town Emporia is, there is literally always something to go to. Last summer, I had a parent tell me, there's too many things for my kid to choose from. Which, I mean... It's a good good problem problem to have. Yeah. But it does, yeah, when you look at it from a programming standpoint, it is kind of difficult because it's, you know, you're checking the school activities calendar, you're checking the Main Street calendar, the Chamber calendar, then the church nights. College calendar. Yeah. So it, yeah, I can get a little hectic, but that's what I love to do. And you had some really cool programs lately. Recently, you were almost overrun at your slimecation program. Yeah. That was just. Me looking at materials that I had and saying, okay, what can I do with this? Does this gallon of glue spark joy? Oh, wait, I think it does. It can be slime. I know the kids love it. I'm in the schools and the kids talk about, you know, oh, yeah, I made slime with shaving cream. I made it with this, made it with that. So I knew they loved it. Oh, that would be something easy. I don't have to go and get materials. But yeah, we had over 75 kids. That's not even counting the adults just 75 kids so yeah that was and I think you mentioned to me that you were surprised because slime is pretty easy to make at home but that one of the parents said to you they'd rather do it here at the library I had quite a few parents that when they um, because we had it set up like an assembly line uh, I had quite a few parents that that emphasized you know thank you for having this here (laughs) rather than at my kitchen table (laughs) where the glitter could go places and never return never you never get rid of it. I think the other thing that I've done that I'm particularly proud of is Fortnite. Yes, that was a twice done program, right? Yes, Fortnite in real life. For those of you not familiar, Fortnite is a video game. Uber popular. A very Move popular over video Minecraft. Game. Move over Roblox. It's Fortnite. Fortnite now. all the way. Yeah, I mean most of my programming, it's it's just me. So it's you know what can I do and I am also part-time so it's what can I do in 30 hours that will make the biggest impact on these third through seventh graders and also to an extent their parents because at you know third grade you can't drive you can't so if you live on the other side of town you can't get to the library so it's emphasizing to the parents like we are a resource for your child for your family uh, for you yeah so it's yeah. So what, what was Fortnite in real life like? What kinds of things did you do? Uh, so we, I say we, so myself and the second time I ran it, I had four of our library assistants who are just amazing. We hid things in the library that the kids could use 
we basically tried to recreate the video game. So the kids are scavenging for like two hours in the library. They're scavenging. They're trying to eliminate each other. The second time we ran it, I had like five kids, I think, who I would just let them keep their player lanyard, which is how we identify so many kids at once. Because I think I plan for upwards of 40. That's max of what I'll do at one time. And I think I had five who I said, just keep your lanyard because they were literally, and I'm not even exaggerating, they were literally dripping with sweat. (laughs) Yeah, we don't want that back. No, you can keep it. (laughs) But they did look like they had a ton of fun. The parents were really happy to see them interacting and just getting out and doing something. And it was so popular that you had to do it twice. And there's been requests for more, maybe sometime in the future. Mm-hmm. But that was that was just a really cool program. So Tiffany, what are some of your hobbies outside of work? Because as we like to say here, we do not sleep in the library. We don't. Much like teachers, we don't we don't sleep in our workplace. I'd like to say that I read. Wouldn't but we all as adults? <laughs> yeah, time just gets away from you. Well, you have a young son. I do. He's two. We have another on the way, and. We are really, really huge gardeners. So my husband and I, like any, especially now that the weather's turning nice, it is how can we squeeze as much gardening into our daylight hours as we possibly can. We're totally renovating the backyard. We're totally renovating the front yard. We're totally into like edible landscaping. And oh yeah, we're some of them. (laughs) That's going to look amazing when when everything starts growing, though. Your yard is going to be like the most sustainable yard in Emporia. That's what I'm hoping. I'm I'm hoping that we've got, you know, produce for our family, but produce for our neighbors as well. Now, if only your son would eat produce. Oh, I know. Yeah. If any parents out there, if you've got tips for how to get your two-year-old to eat veggies, hit me up. Because, oh man, he just sees a vegetable and he just like falls to the floor. And that's tough because... And I wish I could say that she was exaggerating, but But she's not. not. And it's kind of hilarious, but only because it's not my problem. (laughs) (laughs) Tiffany, what's something that you like about living in Emporia? I think what I like the most... So I, I originally was going to say how walkable it's becoming because, yeah, you... I've got a two year old. Anytime we can be outside, we're outside. So we take family walks in the evening. And the city is doing a really, really amazing job of adding in the accessible ramps to all the sidewalks, which is great when you've got a stroller. And uh, so I I really like that. But I think actually what I like the most now that my son is moving into this age where, uh, you know, we're wanting to go out as a family is just all of the family friendly activities. We have a great zoo. I mean, for our size of town. It is absolutely phenomenal. Is it the smallest accredited zoo in Kansas? I think it is. But it is lovely. It, yeah. Just... I particularly enjoy the Eurasian black vultures. Those yes. are my favorite. They are really cool. We've got a mountain lion. I think it is a mountain lion. Yes. Um, there are lemurs, which are very Eagles. popular. Oh, yes. There's an eagle. There's several species of owl. There are... Either llamas or alpacas. I'm not completely sure. Which one it is. Um, And several types of deer. And there are some bison. But there are a lot of birds and lizards. They've got some hissing cockroaches, which the zoo education person has brought out to things. And I have will be bringing again in April. To the library. For Mad Science Hour. I'm so excited. Um, And I have had the occasion to 
to touch the cockroaches. Same. It was terrifying, and I will not be doing it again. Oh, really? I liked it. I thought it was quite tickly. They're also bringing a tarantula, which I'm... That's not happening with me in the room. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. Snakes I can handle. Spiders, no. No. Interesting, because I'm reverse. Yeah, well, we equal uh each other out. Yep. Two sides of a coin. But kid-friendly activities. Yes. I love, you know, sometimes you have small children and you take them somewhere and you're like, oh, wow, ooh, okay. This maybe wasn't the venue for us. You know, people are staring because my kids, I'm dragging my child because he's <laughs> having a temper tantrum. But yeah, I think that that's, you know, just like that mom, there's too many things for my son to choose from. That we could equally be in a in a town that had the reverse problem where your child had nothing to do. So I think as he gets older, that will be very beneficial for us to keep him as busy as possible. Well, and that's a great problem to have in a town this size. Emporia is about 25,000 people, and it is one of the larger cities in our cities, towns in our area. Yeah. But overall, in the grand scheme of things, it's really not that big. Well, it's not that big, and we're, we're right on the turnpike, so we're close to Wichita, we're close to Topeka. We're only two hours from Kansas City. So for families to stay here, that I think is big because, you know, you're just 45 minutes, maybe not even, from Topeka. So it's, oh, well, you know, my family's going to go to the Topeka Zoo or something like that. Or the Manhattan Zoo. Yeah. So for us, I think that that's, I think that's something to boast about, that we do have so many nonprofits and we've got so many activities. For sure. And they're always trying new things, which is something that I really appreciate. Recently, they started adding more outdoorsy events in the area. There's been a lot of 5Ks that I've seen advertised. And as somebody who likes to do 5Ks, that's very exciting that I don't have to drive an hour and a half to to, to to walk three miles. I mean, I don't have to, but it's fun to get a shirt and like stuff like that. Right. Or to do like the color, like the color. The color run. Yeah. Yeah. And that's always a good time. So not only do we have a lot of things to do, we're constantly adding things yes. to do. And like I mentioned, the, you know, Cinco de Mayo and the Day of the Dead, we have a lot of culture in Emporia and it's accessible. So, I mean, they, I think HOT has done like the Spanish language classes for mm-hmm. the community. And so it's... Emporia Main Street is right now doing an eight-week course on American Sign Language I that I have seen has been very well attended. Yeah. I think they plan on offering it again. The photos in the paper that I saw, it looked like there were, it looked like the room was just absolutely packed. They actually had to move it to campus because there wasn't enough room in the Main Street office. Wow. Uh, So they ended up renting, I think, the ballroom. It was, it's insane. It's lovely, but it's insane. Right. Again, a good problem to have. (laughs) Tiffany, are there any books that you would recommend for our listeners? So the last book that I read, I actually read the entirety of this one which is an accomplishment uh, it, yeah um especially when you know your night ends at 10 30 and it's like oh yeah do i scroll mindlessly through facebook or do i read facebook usually wins so the last book that i read is called smoke gets in your eyes by caitlin dowdy dody sorry if i'm pronouncing that incorrectly it's d-o-u-g-h-t-y it's all about it's kind of a, a memoir she is really fascinated with death not in a weird way. And uh, she starts working in a crematorium. And it's just stories about how the American population, we just kind of, there's no ritual in the way that we bury our dead. 
you know, she kind of, in the book, she encourages people to think about the end, what you want to have happen. Because so many times she saw people who were totally unprepared, so their families were totally unprepared, so they didn't know what kind of decisions to make. And I thought, you know, just as a parent, it, it makes sense to me. Uh, but I really, really liked that. I really liked it a lot. I've actually borrowed that book from Tiffany so that I can read it. And I agree that there's a lot of people who it's a little bit taboo to talk about death mm-hmm. in our culture, I think. Yeah. And a lot of people, if you want to talk about it, they shut you down or they're uncomfortable with it. Or they think you're weird. Or they think <laughs> you're weird. But really, it's it's going to happen to one everybody. Way or and it's pretty universal. I've hosted a couple of resources for caregivers classes recently at the library. And one of the things that our speaker recommended was to talk to your family about, you know, like a will and the do not resuscitate orders. Do you want one? Do you not want one? Do you want to be cremated? Do you want to be traditionally buried? Do you want to be something else? And I really think it's just something that we need to start a dialogue about as a culture because it's so much better to be prepared than to have to make decisions under pressure when you're already grieving. Yeah. I mean, I there's no way I could. If I was grieving a family member, nope. I just think my decision-making skills, I think that would totally shut down. Well, and, and for a lot of people, the finances are a consideration. That's because true. funerals are expensive. Yeah. And you have to make sure that you're prepared for that because you don't want to leave your loved ones in debt just because you've passed away. And she actually goes into a little bit of that in the in the book about, you know, why things cost the way that they do. So it was really, I mean, the way that she writes is really, um, it's informative, but it's also very personal. So I didn't feel like I was reading a call to (laughs) funerary revolution. Okay, slightly, slightly I I do feel that way. I think, I feel like I would read a um, call to funerary revolution. Yeah. But I felt like it was so much about like the personal stories, the people that she meets, the families that she takes care of. So I, I really loved that. Outside of that, the only other thing that I read are board books. <laughs> but you did have, was it astrophysics for babies? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. My son's going to be an astronaut. Yep. Well, I'm, a hover, I'm a hover parent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're going to have him well prepared as soon as you can yes. get him to eat his vegetables. Because oh, you, if you're on the International Space Station, you don't have, you can't just be like, sorry, I don't like broccoli. You can't serve me that. You just, you have what you have. Yeah, if you're a parent or if you are a grandparent or if you're anybody who knows a child, any book by Chris Ferry, his last name is spelled F-E-R-R-I-E. He is amazing. He has books about optical physics, Newtonian physics, robotics and I love them I wish that my physics my physics class in high school would have been I wish these board books would have been my textbook they're great I love them he's got almost all of them in case you can't tell Tiffany is our resident stem nerd yes Uh, she does love the stem and uh, she also is very fond of spreadsheets I love spreadsheets love me a good google sheet which is beneficial to the rest of us because I don't know how to do half the things that she does in spreadsheets, but I can sure ask Tiffany and she will set me up. I've got a spreadsheet for that. 
That is all that we have for today. Thank you so much for tuning in to Express Your Shelf, a library podcast. If you have comments or questions, please email reference at emporialibrary.org. That's reference at E-M-P-O-R-I-A dot org. And thank you for listening. I saw the splendor of the moonlight upon the roof.